0: Welcome to This Week Health Community. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Today, we have an interview in action from the 2023 fall conferences of CHIME in San Antonio and Health in Las Vegas. And we wanna thank our show sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. And they are Olive, Rubric. Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com and here we go. All right, here we are, another interview in action from Health 2022 in Las Vegas. And we're here with Peter Durlock with Nuance. Yes. Uh, what's your what's your role?
1: I'm the chief strategy officer for Nuance. And that is sort of a classic strategy role. What markets we want to play in, what we want to compete in, what we don't. I also, when we do large disruptive new product, Incubations, that's also done under my team. So we do big in, new innovation projects on my, for new products.
0: Number one question people keep asking me about Nuance is Microsoft. It seems like you came together, they left you alone, because you just seem to be operating on your own, but you're still taking advantage of each other's offerings and technologies, yep. and bring to
1: bear. Is that, that's what we're seeing from the outside. That's generally accurate, so when the companies came together, it's often a mistake by the acquiring company that they buy a smaller company and then yeah, distribute exactly. it and kind of kills it. So we were very cognizant both sides of that early on that we didn't want to take away the magic of you know, things that Nuance does, does well. So yes, our whole core healthcare business moved in as a unit. Our CEO that I report to reports to a guy named Scott Guthrie who runs Cloud and AI for Microsoft. So they kept us as one unit. The other thing we've done though is they had a healthcare team and they merge that into Nuance. So, Nuance is really on the product side, become sort of the healthcare vanguard for Microsoft. Obviously, all the horizontal Microsoft stuff is still managed in the core thing. And then the other piece that we've done is the, the, the thesis of the deal really was to. M- bring the power of the horizontal Microsoft technology cloud platform with the vertical expertise in healthcare of Nuance. So that's really horizontal meets vertical is the way we like to talk about it. So part of what we've been doing too recently is working together on the next generation of Microsoft cloud for healthcare, which is the overarching strategy for the combined company. So technically, yes, we're sort of a separate thing inside of Microsoft, but we've also worked very closely with their healthcare team to do it, uh, sort of a unified strategy going forward.
0: We've done a lot of interviews with people from Nuance and your customers, and they love Dragon Medical One, they love the DAX platform, we talk a lot about that. But you and I were talking a little bit earlier of the different areas that you guys really focus in on, and at least one of them surprised me. So can you break out the three areas that you guys really focus in on? Sure,
1: so there's there's really four major areas that we focus on today. So number one, you mentioned, which I won't spend too much time, is kind of the core business around clinical documentation, reducing clinician burden, Dragon Medical One, Dragon experience in that. A Couple other areas, we have a big imaging business, diagnostic imaging, which is one of the other foundational pillars of Nuance. So the products best known in that space are PowerScribe. About 80% of all radiologists in the U.S. use PowerScribe for their diagnostic and reporting process. And we have a product called PowerShare, which is the largest image sharing network in the U.S. for moving DICOM images related related information around. So that's a big other business. One of the new things we've announced there is we have a technology we call the Precision Imaging Network, that leverages those two foundational pillars and then builds a capability on Azure to host third-party pixel AI models from the ecosystem of developers and researchers building models. Because one of the challenges in that space is people build these AI models and they can't get them into the clinical workflow, which I know you're super familiar with. It doesn't matter if you build a great model, how do you make clinical impact? So since we have 80% market segment share, we can host those models and drive them directly into the workflow, both in our own products within radiology, but also downstream into the EHR. So that's another big...
0: So is that a platform play? Would you be?
1: partnering with others? Yes, that- it's a platform place, so we provide the infrastructure, okay. and then we don't do the FDA models on the AI side, you want some Microsoft? but all the developers who are building those models can deploy on that infrastructure, and then all the researchers and life sciences and providers that are building models can deploy on that same infrastructure. So when you build this model, you put it on the precision imaging network, and then it leverages that 80% footprint in the last mile. So yeah, it's a platform play, and there's some really cool stuff like impact from a patient point of view, some of the most exciting advances in AI is actually on the imaging side. Right. I go into more detail later if we have time, but that's the second bucket. The third one, which we're probably least familiar with, is we have a division in nuance that does consumer experience, virtual assistant technology, omnichannel. So what that means is big companies like FedEx. USSA, JP Morgan, Humana, CVS, they use our application to do conversational AI, voice and text interaction with their consumers across the IVR, texting, email, and website. And the big advantage is it's one common platform. So what clients do is they model their consumer journey once and then deploy that across one common platform for all the channels. So if someone's calling their IVR or you're texting or they're going up with a chat button, it's all the same infrastructure. You do everything everything once. So we brought that into the healthcare business Market a couple of years ago, and providers are using that to help modernize their digital front door. Classic patient access center, care gap follow up, et, et cetera. So that's bucket number three. Okay, and there's and, a fourth. And the fourth is we have a clinical revenue integrity business, so around documentation integrity. So this has to do with CDI, coding, HCC capture, things that where clinical care meets how you document to get paid and measured. That also can drive things around prior auth and UM on the health plan side. So that's the fourth part of the business.
0: All right, so we got about five more minutes okay. left. I do want to come back to the clinical AI, but I, I want to stop first at the experience. The experience is interesting to me. I was at a uh, presentation this morning, advisory board, and one of the slides he put up was the, and I think we've all seen this slide, it's the McKinsey slide that had by industry, most digitized and consumer digital experience and healthcare was second to the bottom.
1: It's good. We used to be in the bottom, so we made progress. Yes, <laughs> yes,
0: but it was three rungs below the government. Scary. What's it gonna take for healthcare to take
1: that next yeah. step? It's a really hard problem. and It's not really a technology problem, as you probably know. There's technology from us, others that do other things. The problem is the incentive in my view, it's the incentive problem. So
0: it's, should, it's an economic problem.
1: Yeah, because except in very small cases, you don't get paid for better experience. And you know health systems well, they're struggling. And so, besides doing press gainy surveys for HCAPs or C-CAPs and a few other things, like the patient access center is getting a lot of attention. Why? Because you can drive unused appointment slots and drive better experience and revenue. So the challenge is, why does it matter? Everyone wants to do the right thing, but they don't often get paid for it, and given it's economically so constrained. So I think what's going to happen is, you're seeing some leading health systems put some real effort into that. The disruptors are going to cause more and more grief for the traditional health systems, because they're coming in with a much more consumer focused thing from the beginning. And I think it's gonna take some of that disruption and possibly some payment reform that's more than what's been done today because the tech can do, I mean, the tech that the other industries are using is no different than what healthcare could use. The difference is if they don't do a good job there, they lose clients. Right. And here the question is when will health systems well, I, I would predict they are losing clients, yeah, but, I, but they don't know they're losing them because they can't track like leakage and referral patterns in any systematic way. So the challenge is how do you align the importance of keeping that client, the patient, and make and seeing the economic value, then it will happen. and That I think is actually the big, and that's why it's so hard.
0: I, yeah, it's interesting. I think way too many people are saying, hey, it was the pandemic and now it's the recession or, increased inflation and they're saying that's why our numbers are down and i'm not sure we'll know or they will know for another couple of years that hey no no this is a problem you're being disintermediated there's new options here right. for remote care telehealth and i mean all these booths are people who are trying to do care outside the four walls of the health system Totally. and and yeah. just take one patient at a time.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the inpatient volume went down a couple of places, but you're right. I saw a stock like 40% of patients switch providers during COVID. And as they release, I don't know if this will continue, but if they really let loose on the credentialing thing on the physician side, which they haven't totally done yet, as a goal, that'll change everything. Because yeah. once you don't need to be a doc credentialed in the state, all the low acuity stuff, you don't have to go oh, see yeah, out you don't have to go. It's crazy. Yeah, you
0: can stand up a call right. center and.
1: so I I think you're right I think these things are all gonna happen it's I think the health systems that they have to worry about this now because over time it's gonna be easier to get care at least for the low acuity stuff and if you don't have a better experience then people are gonna switch
0: all right we'll get back to our show in just a minute we have a webinar coming up on december 7th and i'm looking forward to that webinar it is on how to modernize the data platform within healthcare the modern data platform within healthcare and i'm really looking forward to the conversation we just recorded five pre-episodes for that. And so they're going to air on Tuesday and Thursdays leading up to the episode. And we have a great conversation about the different aspects, different use cases around the modern data platform and how agility becomes so key and data quality and all those things. So great conversation. Looking forward to that. Wednesday, December 7th at one o'clock. Love to have you join us. We're going to have health system leaders from Memorial Care and others. CDW is going to have some of their experts on the show as well so check that out you can go to our website thisweekhealth.com top right hand corner you'll see the upcoming webinars love to have you be a part of it if you have a question coming into it one of the things we do is we collect the questions in the sign up form because we want to make sure that we incorporate that into the discussion so hope to see you there now back to the show was there an announcement today or
1: yes we did so yeah, so the imaging thing I'm pretty passionate about, I have an imaging background, but it, but one of the cool things is, I don't know if you, you read, your listeners know this, but approximately 80% of hospital visits and over 23,000 condition, the pathway often starts with a medical image, along with lab data. So 80%? Yeah, so the, the, the diagnostic journey of a patient, the physical exam, the image, and the lab really drive where you go in a pathway. So imaging's really important, as many people know. Secondly, in AI, 75% roughly of all FDA-cleared apps are in imaging and radiology, so it's one of the leading. But the problem with that is you have all these people building these apps on imaging, but they can't, again, I say earlier, they can't get them into the workflow because they have no footprint in the workflow. So we did an announcement with NVIDIA today, and the announcement is the following. NVIDIA has, has worked on solving the other big problem, which is building these models, preparing the data, annotating it, is also a real big pain. So they focus on an open an, an open toolkit to build imaging data sets to do build the models, the AI model. Okay. The problem is once you build it, you still can't get it into production. So we announced a partnership between us and NVIDIA where we connect it to their platform called Monai, which is this developer environment, to our precision imaging network. So it's all running on Microsoft Azure. So you can build a model in Monai, basically click a button, create a a Kubernetes container that runs on precision imaging network and then you're connected to the 80% of the market in the US without having to do custom deployments for different infrastructure. So we're connecting much like in, in like drug discovery, you talk about how fast to get something from the bench to the bedside. Conceptually it's the same thing. The bench here is in data science versus the physical bench but it's conceptually the same thing. How do you translate in inventions that can do that? I'll give you a couple quick clinical examples. So Mass General Brigham's one of the first clients that's connected this. So they had a, a breast screening algorithm that measures breast density. And one of the key issues there, that helps determine whether the person has cancer or not. So I'm waiting, instead of waiting two or three days and being really nervous, they can produce results in 15 minutes while the woman is still in the facility. Big advantage. Oh, yeah. Another example, there's AI that can look at stuff in the pixel the human eye can't see, because it's quantitative. You can't actually see it. So there's a, there's a set of AI models that look at the abdomen. So if you're getting like a CT of the abdomen, to so let's say some cardiac thing, They can look at data that the human eye can't see and do better predictive scoring for a future cardiac event by looking at your calcification of your key arteries that the human eye can't see. So you can do earlier screening, earlier detection of things clinically that can go wrong with you. So there's all this data locked up in the pixels that aren't getting enumerated.
0: So I'm a former CIO. Yes. What you just described to me is really attractive because first of all, 80% is using PowerScribe. So that's the platform. Then you're saying to me, Microsoft Cloud, I'm already a Microsoft customer. They're all Microsoft customers. It's just a checkbox. we're in Azure and that kind of stuff. NVIDIA, Kubernetes, I'm already a VMware shop. I mean, all these things you're saying, I already have. Right. And you're saying there's going to be this marketplace of people that are just developing these applications and I could literally
1: just go in and go, yeah, this one, and deploy it fairly rapidly. Exactly, and the challenge right now, just in medical imaging, they're expected to be 10,000 algorithms for the different modality body top combination. The biggest company now for FDA clearance has seven. So imagine you're the CIO, you're basically ending up with multiple one-off infrastructures, do all your DICOM routing, all the integrations, all the security reviews, and then one day, Vendor X has the best lung nodule detector Tomorrow, someone else, you're going to have to rip out the whole light. You're, you're going to shoot. You're not going to do it, This, right? this is
0: where platforms go. So, so it's, a,
1: it's a platform play to try to accelerate innovation from the ecosystem. And also in the academics, they have all these researchers building their own algorithms. So it's not just commercial stuff. It's also all the stuff they do under IRB that they want to deploy from their own research team into the clinical environment. And they're just stuck. There's this big wall between the innovation side and the clinical side is from living in that world.
0: But they also want to monetize that stuff as
1: well. 100%, so yes, so perfect example. So every health system is looking for ways to create all the revenue streams. A lot of the leading sites will say, we have all the clinical expertise, we have all the data, why don't we build models? And then the problem is, how do you get them out? So this is the same platform they can use for internal deployment and validation, they can then deploy clinically for other and make economic value from that. Now Nuance is not taking the, the manufacturer record FDA responsibility, so they have to solve that. There are a number of companies that are looking to aggregate that together for, for people that are building models on the provider side, but from a deployment side, they just use the same infrastructure on the Nuance precision imaging. So we're very early business for us on this piece, but super exciting, and also the patient impact. And we do a lot of good things at Nuance, we're very proud of, and we sort of help physicians have more time to take care of patients, but we don't historically do as many things that have direct. This one is right down the sweet spot. Like we can really help people have a better life. So it's, for us who are healthcare people, it's kind of important. It's fantastic. Yeah. Peter, thank you. for your Bill, time. Thank you very much. Appreciate, Appreciate
0: it. It. Another great interview. I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conferences. I love hearing from people on the front lines and it is phenomenal that they have taken the time to share their wisdom and experience with the community, which is greatly appreciated. We also want to thank our channel sponsors one more time, who invest in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are Olive, Rubrik, Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.